Was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And welcome to episode 88. And on this episode, we, of course, are going to be talking about uh, LeBron James becoming a billionaire. Uh, Mm. There's a difference between our value and service value. What are we talking about? 19 Keys Talk. Uh, We're going to be talking about dreams and funerals and so much more. Uh, Most how are we feeling about this episode? Yeah, this one's good, man. This one's good. We uh, are continuing to climb closer to 100, so I'm always going to continue to shout that out. But specifically for this one, if you struggle with identifying how to be more intentional with your walk, you're going to get clarity on how to do that with this episode. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And shout out to all our listeners, our viewers, wherever you're watching or listening to this. Um, and I haven't said this for a minute. Uh, leave a review. Come on. Leave a review. Come on, man. Leave a rating on uh, Spotify, uh, a review on Apple Podcasts and Podchasers. We love you. We appreciate it. All that great stuff. And of course, this is powered by Ecamm Live, people. An all-in-one uh, live streaming and video production. Like, everything you see with Nikki and Moose, everything you hear about this podcast is all done between video clips, between the intro, between how we look, is all powered by Ecamm. So shout out to Ecamm. Moose, how are we feeling? Yeah, feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Just uh, fresh off the road. I've been traveling the last three weeks quite a bit. So I'm, I'm glad that I was able to change my flight tonight to record from home base. And uh, we'll do a quick trip tomorrow and, you know, just keep it rolling. But other than that, things are good. Things are going really well. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm grateful for where we're headed. Uh, I mean, what, six months into the year? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's looking pretty good. I, haven't, looking I, pretty I feel good. like I haven't talked to you because I was like... I didn't, didn't even know. I didn't even yeah. know you went to MOG until I saw yeah. a video, and I was like, "Yeah, no, I texted you. Remember, I texted you the night before, uh, or the day before, and uh, Did you say I wasn't supposed to go until." You said that. Well, yeah, 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 kind of, because <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> no, I wasn't. No, you do that. Yeah. You do that all the time. You be like, "Yeah," so I like. Slid that in there, but I didn't really like emphasize on it. I didn't talk about it, but I did tell right. you in between a long text of what really el- what else was important and what we were talking about yeah. at the time. And I just made that very casual. That's what you normally do. Yeah. Really I mean, I, I found out I found out later myself, like I found out that I was uh, invited. Mm. Uh, what I think sun- Sunday, mm. Sunday for Thursday. So I was like, oh, why don't you? I was like, okay, fine. I'll do like a one day 
thing. So, uh, yeah. I didn't know there was videos. Yes. I did see. Yes, everybody had their phone out. Shout out to MOG, which is Masters of the Game, which is a uh, high-level mastermind on uh, ETA, a.k.a. Uh, Eric Thomas side of things and and Moose was was teaching teaching so I was like oh somebody didn't Look tell at me that. he was teaching teaching Look okay that. all right yeah so um, yeah that, that's all I'm saying I just felt like uh, you didn't tell me um and I felt sad I was like oh I gotta feel like I, I feel well, like a you're coming next week aren't you huh aren't you coming to Atlanta next week for what. Oh man, we talked about this. Oh, that was we a talked legit. About going to J- we talked about going to JO's event. Y'all having like a live combo with us. Like, <laughs> like wait, what? Oh, we did. On the we podcast. did. We did. We did. Okay. But that's. We'll talk about that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, we'll catch up. We'll catch, we'll catch up. up. Um, <laughs> as far as for me, uh, for those who are viewers, you can. Uh, see the new background. Uh, Come on. People, this is all I'm going to say. I probably lost like three pounds today, okay? <laughs> probably lost three pounds because uh, it's a lot. I ordered 27 cases of these these uh, things in the background, and um, this is only half of them. And so, you know, this is the problem of trying to be creative and make things look different because you get bored. But that's neither here nor day. Let's get into this episode. You know I mean? Let's get into this episode before I get mad get about Get to the work. This. You know I mean? So, um, something triggered in me. Y'all know uh, we normally start now the podcast about things that are triggering to me, inspiring me, creating thought process and all that great stuff. Uh, so I was watching... The Pivot, of course, um, and they had Omari Hardwick. For those people who don't know who that is, you probably seen Power and you probably know him as Ghost, right? So he said something that made me, I'm going to let you listen to it first, but it it triggered my mind of like, maybe we're in certain situations, whether it's a job, whether it's a task that just is as acceptable and isn't necessarily allowing us to be as weird or strange that we honestly are. And when we're in those vibes, that's when greatness happens. But listen to it yourself. People get to, you know, the Tigers and the Michaels and the Kobe's. You know, I just told her, I said, they almost go sociopathic. So I'm aware that I'm off. Yeah. I'm aware. I, I know why we respect firefighters. Yeah to do things we can. Fred, Ryan, and Channing, firefighters are off. Why would you run into a burning building? When everybody else is running away. Everybody's, they're off. So Channing, I was aware I was off. All the other roles I played up to that point allowed my off to be qualified. This asked for my off. First off, I don't know why it clicked with that firefighter one. Right. Mm-hmm. When he mm-hmm. said the firefighter one is like, yo, they're off. Who who would want to run into a burning building? I know I wouldn't. I would not. Right. You would not see me like, yo, I wake up every day wishing 
that I could just go save somebody mm. from this flames that is could burn my own skin, burn my enough. face, something. I just feel like that is my call. Absolutely not. So, mm-hmm. of course, mm-hmm. we respect those people who do things that is like, oh, no, nah, we're not doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that means there's something, I wouldn't say off, but there's something unique about firefighters, about these people that do, uh, shout out to the people who like fly out of airplanes for fighting purposes, not just for skydiving, no offense, skydivers, but I mean, literally to like protect the, our nation, they fly out of planes and think that this, there's some gotta be a little off mm-hmm. with them. So mm-hmm. if for that, I think everybody has something off with them. There's something, right? And we may be in certain things that just like, like he said, qualifies us in that particular situation, but doesn't really ignite or allow you to be the person you really need to be or who you really are. If he's saying, yo, I'm off, like I, I'm aware of that. There's certain things people don't understand wouldn't ever do, wouldn't even tap into. But this particular role allowed me to be me. And this is why it is as successful as it is and why people can't even figure out my real name. Like people will forever call him ghost, you know? But he tapped into something that, you know, the other role we didn't, I don't even... Like, I remember seeing him in other places, but of course. Can't even remember the title. Yeah, Right. He killed it on Ghost. He killed it on Power. So it makes me look at it like, yo, am I in a situation where it doesn't allow me to be off? Like, Mm. it allows me to be safe. It allows me to be qualified. I'm qualified for everything I do. But does it allow me to be off, which will get me to new levels? That's how I'm thinking with, yo, maybe I'm playing, maybe I'm playing it. I'm not even blaming nobody else. Maybe I'm playing it safe. Maybe there's something that I'm like, hmm, okay, this is what everybody views it as. And it's great. Everybody applauds and things like that. But- for this whole time that I'm like, I'm right there. I'm like, I'm finding little signs. And this is why um, podcast world, uh, you're on my journey of figuring out this thing. Right. So every single time in the beginning is this triggering thing of, oh, we're closer to this thing. Right. So now right, I'm like, OK, right. I know I have to be in a situation that allows me to be off. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. I mean, uh, it's funny. I, I shout out to uh, the one and only Bazin Sensation, as uh, as as some of you may know him. But I was talking with Carl, uh, just yeah, just yesterday, I think. And I was just like, to your point about playing it safe, I was like, man, when's the last time we've done something that we knew we couldn't accomplish? Like just just the simple fact of pursuing something mm-hmm. that we know we couldn't accomplish, at least in the beginning. 
I think there are different parts of us that show up when we're trying to go after something that we had no idea if whether or not we can accomplish. There's so much of you that needs to figure things out, whether you're figuring parts of yourself out, parts of the challenge out, but it just brings new parts of you to life. Now, I think what's interesting about, you know, what the clip is saying here is that this is someone who's kind of embraced this, this concept of, hey, I'm, I'm going to obsessively go after something. But more importantly, though, the reason why something like this matters is that the only time you'll appear off is by somebody else's standards. It's never by your own standards. Thanks. But it's, it's, the, it's only when we're looking to be accepted or appreciated or welcomed into the world's of everyone else or fit into this definition or box that they may have for us of what we're supposed to be, do we appear off? But in our worlds, if we're pursuing something we've never done before, especially one that we don't know that we can even accomplish, you're not off. You're trying to reinvent and build parts of you that you don't know exist or what, what can come about from it, right? So it's not off, it's you're actually on you're on it's those around you who might be off because they're not living in your world so i'm i'm really of this idea now that just let each person be themselves and and we as as a society should stop taking things so personal mm. and when i say personal i don't mean taking personal as far as responding in an emotional way Right. I don't know if, you, if, if you've ever like defined it or ever thought about what it means to take something personally. For some reason, I always thought that when someone says, don't take things so personal, mm -hmm. it means don't be so emotional. I don't know why. I could be right, could be wrong. I don't even know, but that's just how my weird brain always processed it. But as I thought about it a little bit more, I'm like, stop making it about you. That's probably what personal means. Yeah. Like, stop making every little thing about you and it's and you're the center. It's like, stop doing that. Yeah, the world doesn't revolve around you. That's, exactly. That's how I always say it. I'm like, yo, the world doesn't revolve around you. We're not yeah, talking English. About yeah, believe it or not, English is my second language. So uh, maybe that's why I had it backwards. But I kid you not, this whole time, I always thought for some reason that it referred to someone taking something too personal. Like, it's you're taking it too an, an, an emotional sense, but not don't make everything about you is, is kind of a better response so that you're not so in, in tune with like, well, why is that person not like me? Right. No, let, let them be, let them be off. Let them be crazy. If you can't encourage them, then leave. Mm. I'm, I'm all for the off. I'm off. I'm all for the off energy. I'm all for the off energy. And, and it goes back to, like, where are these standards coming from? Yeah. Like, just because you don't see it that way doesn't mean that everybody has to think the same. And, like, it always stems from, like, another source. Like, you think this way because of, something else because what you watch, what you heard, how you grew up yet. There's nothing that really says this is all the way right or wrong. You know? Um, yes, of course we have certain laws and things like that. That's, that's another 
situation that could even be super debatable because uh, some of these laws were written and they're out of date, you know, uh, mm -hmm. written by certain people and it's just out of date. But it, it goes to, we still have like our own little world, right? And we allow people inside of our world. We don't have to take our world and be like, here, you like it? No, we are the rulers of our own world and we have to create the best scenarios and bring in people who celebrate us, you know? Mm -hmm. And so this one, this clip just really made me think like, yo, just stay in that world that you feel crazy in and that's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. take... Take all the steps you need to and not question if this is right or wrong sometimes. You know, like, because if it's about going more with your gut, because normally nine out of 10 times, your gut is right. You know, yeah. your gut is right. Now, to how it perceives to everybody else, that's a different story. Yo, I would never do that. Oh my God, why would, yeah, you. Would never do That's that. That's right. You won't. That's right. That's cool. I'm not. I'm not you. I wasn't. I'm not even made up the same way you are. So, I, that's just me. I, I yeah. like this clip. I like this clip. Yeah. Yeah. Last thing. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say it real quick, and and just as a challenge to the listeners, embrace and encourage somebody else's craziness too. Mm. Just, just, just that. That's it. Just, you know, like just as we want it for ourselves, go ahead and embrace and encourage. Because you're going to realize that it's, it's going to bring parts of you out that you probably didn't realize you were so picky about. It's like, oh, you know, eliminate double standards and all that stuff. So, yeah, encourage and appreciate other people's craziness throughout their process. That's, that's a fact. And talking about crazy, we have Fat Joe. You know what I mean? <laughs> No, shout out to Fat Joe. He is such an amazing, uh, I would say personality. I'm not even going to say character. Yeah. I mean, he's just really cool. amazing. But really cool. there was uh, something that made me raise an eyebrow uh, that he spoke about Diddy, right? Love, P. Diddy, how, whatever name he is at this moment. Puff. Yes. Right. Okay. Sean, Combe, whatever. We all know who he is, right? But- the, I'll just let you hear the clip. I'm not even gonna set it up. I'm gonna let you hear the clip and we'll get into it. Puff Daddy is the king yeah. of deception. Yeah. Every time we was in the party, oh, he was throwing his champagne, his, his vodka in every picture. He was, he was, his, his, his. so we didn't know. We like, yo, he's a great guy. This is a great party. This is a great, yo, give me your clothes. I'm gonna rock it in the video. Yo, 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 yo. Sean John sold 400 million. Champagne, this, 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 this. Boy, the joke's on us. Yeah. He been doing this for real. Yeah. And we can't be mad at him. We always gotta use them as inspiration. Yeah, my, my favorite part of, of listening to that clip is it shows you how intentional P. Diddy was from his throughout his entire career. Thanks. And a lot of times 
we think that when someone is just ebbing and flowing, they're just being free and, and, and they're enjoying their life or they're being present, and which I'm sure all of those things are true, but it's all of those are being done with an intention and with a specific goal in mind. So while a lot of people were just at the party to enjoy themselves, here is P. Diddy being mindful of what is product placement. <laughs> the brilliant marketer that he is, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, definitely come. I'll, 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 I'll pay for the party because it'll probably cost me less than having to pay each one of you to maybe market or promote my product if I had to do it on an official business or individual kind of approach, right? right. And, and I'm not saying that's, a, that's, I'm not saying that's a, was his exact approach, but when you think about it, it's like, wow, what a brilliant idea. Why shouldn't I throw a gathering together, give myself an opportunity to build a relationship with people, and while I'm at it, use that as an opportunity to go ahead and push my product or my business and my brand a little bit further, right? I'm sure he did it with pure intentions because people won't be, say, in love with who he was if there wasn't just a natural, organic relationship to it. Mm -hmm. But I think, in short, it just shows you the power of intention when someone is clear and very intentional about everything that they do they don't waste an opportunity to push themselves and their brands forward. And that's, that's kind of what I see there. Yeah, and I, and I see it more on the Fat Joe side of, you know, we, we have to realize that though we may be cool with certain people or we may really like a brand, when we are publicizing it or showing it way more, and we have some type of influence, we have to understand that though it may be pure, maybe at the end of the day, from a monetizing standpoint, the other person's always winning unless we are being intentional with, okay, I'll do this one time. You know what I mean? Like I do it because mm. I love it, whatever. Yeah. But if I'm going to these parties as in there's, hundreds of photographers and pictures being taken. And now I'm taking the clothes and I'm going, doing my videos with it. And it, like, I'm giving you content that if anybody else was to ask, I would charge. Mm. And sometimes we just get so happy go lucky that it's like, Yo, like you said, great guy. Come on, no problem. I love what you, I love what you're doing. This we want to support, and there's nothing wrong with supporting. But when we have influence, we have to understand that, as he says, the jokes on us when they're making millions and we just have free merch. Mm. Hmm. You know, we get a gift card, or right. you know, we get um, an invitation, right? Right now we're at, now we're at the table. You feel me? Right. Like, and so we have to be. I guess the word is going to be intentional for today. All right, I see what we're doing here. We have to be intentional with everything that we do as a as a product situation. Everything from the clothes we wear, from 
the things we're drinking. This is why some people, de- depending on what content you see, I'm just too lazy to do it, will take the wrapper off the bottle. The water bottle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, yeah. take it off. They'll use their own stuff or a clear situation because they're not trying to pub somebody, even though they may drink it all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Even though I may use this all the time, you know, I'm even in a situation where I use something all the time and they gave it to me because, uh, you know, they just was looking out and I'm realizing like. Even though I use it and it's made me such an amazing human being now. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons not all. Um, but I'm I'm pubbing it. To a point where people are like, I just got mine. I just got mine too. Mm. I just got mine too. And I'm like. Hold up. Hold up. Right? Like, because we have to understand our influence. When people see us, and not just speaking about us, you know, I, I feel like everybody is an influencer. If you have some type of following, don't matter how big or small, you have an influence. But once... Somebody trusts us with a follow and their attention, and they continuously see us with something, just like how Fat Joe said. I'm continuously wearing his stuff, having his bottles, going to the music video. I continuously see my favorite influencer wear this, do this. I'm going to want to support it. Or I'm going to want to wear it because it gives me the same vibes as them. Yeah. So if you're yeah. saying, yo, this helped you, I want this to help me too. We have to have some type of compensation with that. Maybe mm-hmm. at least from a mutual standpoint. We're going to get that in uh, in the next clip. But there has to be some type of mutual relationship not just a a good feeling not just like okay i look like part of the in crowd now though some people do rock with status right i'm more of if they are making thousands and millions of dollars and i am one of the people that talk about it all the time Yeah, we we got to tap more into this influence lifestyle and not just just because we see other people do it and they could charge whatever, but we're not this type. No, we are to somebody and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's real. That's real. But in that same token of understanding your influence we do know somebody who understands their influence and let's give a huge congratulations to lebron james because now he is a billionaire all right a whole billionaire right um and of course we have to break down how sway i wish i had that sound Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. didn't have it queued up but we have to break down how, and it goes along with what we just talked about. Let's hear about yeah. it. Real key to James's billion dollar fortune. He's been more than just a pitchman. James has long structured deals to give him equity in brands he partners with, giving him a cut of the upside instead of a quick paycheck. 
In 2015, James walked away from an endorsement agreement with McDonald's, worth an estimated $15 million over four years, to instead gamble on the fast-growing Blaze Pizza chain, where he's an investor. Okay. All right. All right. I got it. So bump your check. I want equity. You feel me? Yeah. No, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a long game term. That's a, that's definitely a long game term where we are looking at it from, and that's, and that's hard too, because you heard the amount like McDonald's was giving. Like that's not Fifth, yeah. It's yeah. not a small check. It's not Yeah. I mean, like it's not little. Um, and some some people will stay on that, you know, but he is like, I got I can. And majority of athletes do stay on the endorsement deals because those checks are good. Those checks are probably way more than sometimes what they make on the court, on the field, their yeah. endorsement yeah. checks really is what make them uh, on millionaire status, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, mm -mm, no. Um, probably one of those things of like, I can't pass down an endorsement. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, which is smart. But also, as this company grows... Well, my my money grows as well to where we look at these these endorsement deals, though not not small endorsement deals. It's it flatlines. This is what you are going to get based off your contract. This is what you're going to get, and this is what you agreed to. Same thing with when we're talking about the whole influence. Like, if you agreed to something, cool flatlines sometimes but when it's done it's done and they yeah. made thousands and millions of dollars and you're out here with a flatline check and you may feel good about it because that may be your first situation of it but it's like oh no the people who are doing it right are playing it the long game and for the long game now we're creating more Millionaires. Now we're creating more billionaires because I believe it's only him and Jordan, right? That's from a basketball. I don't want to say all sports, but because right, I can't right. intelligently say that. But from a basketball standpoint, is billionaires. But Jordan didn't get that status until he was off the court. Yeah, yeah. I think they they said Kobe is even uh, one of those people who accomplished a billionaire status, although it's not talked about, but. Uh, he too accomplished it, like you said, after his career. So he's the only active player to reach that benchmark while still being on an NBA professional team, which is crazy to me. Like the fact that he did that is incredible. Uh, of course, we we did a breakdown on LeBron. So y'all make sure to go back after this and yeah. watch that too. There was some pretty cool things that we highlighted on his story. But the one thing that I remembered is that he he has a pattern of doing that. And from a very young age, if you remember when Adidas slid that check across the table to him, just so that he can sign on the spot and not go see Nike, he rejected it, yeah. which is incredible because you're talking about 17, 18 years old, similar situation, seeing a $10 million check or whatever it is on the table for you to take it right now, but not go see Nike. 
and you muscle up the courage, the discipline, whatever you want to call it at that point, which is awesome and say, nope, I'm going to pass. I think my value could be higher elsewhere. Right. And that's the, that's the mentality. The second part that I think some of us don't really think about or don't talk about often is, and, and it's something that I say I always suffer from, which is pride, but I look at it as a good way. It's that you want to be paid what you're worth, but from the standpoint of, I also don't want to take what's not mine. Mm. So if we go into an agreement and you're paying me a flatline dollar amount, I make that amount whether you profit off of my contribution or you don't. Right. Now, sure, that could be like, yeah, I'm happy. I don't care. I don't want no responsibilities with what's going on there. But another way to think about it is if you really want to get your fair share, but you want to operate with integrity in business and make sure that the other party gets the same thing, then you don't want to be a burden on their books. So that just for those of you thinking about, well, oh, yeah, no, ownership, ownership, ownership. No, honestly, this is the better way to do business because it is beneficial and mutual for both parties. Right. So if we enter that type of agreement, you the, the more money we make, the more money I make. Mm -hmm. Or the more money we make, the more money we make. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if that's the, probably a better way to say it. But it's not only one person is going to make money and the other person might lose or not benefit as much or to the same extent. So I like these equity deals because they allow people to profit equally. So that's another way for us to also think about it. It's not the fact of, oh, he's so smart, he negotiated ownership. There's also a level of integrity that comes with it, which is, no, we all get our fair share because as I contribute, I get my fair share. And so do you as the owner of the company or the brand. Thanks. <laughs> That cracked my whole voice, cracked, but that yeah, was all good. I was gonna say that. I make fun of myself, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. going with uh, value and worth, um, shout out to 19 Keys and uh, the master investor, uh, Ian, because they had an amazing conversation, uh. The other day, it was a two-part situation, right? Yeah. But uh, Moose sent me this clip, and I was like, ooh. And it, uh, the difference between your worth and your service uh, price is the topic. And let's just, let's just talk about it. Somebody asked me to do a consultation with him. It's like, bro, like... Unfortunately, when it comes to us, a lot of people that look like me can't afford me if I'm giving yeah. them my true value. Yeah. So it's like when it comes to working with our people, we always have to discount our value. And what that does is it creates a disconnect between what our true value is, yeah. right? And what our serving value is. Yeah. Because the value that we discount ourselves to serve is different than the actual value that we have. I'd rather say completely no, yeah. or I'm gonna find a way to leverage that to where I feel like I'm getting the value and you are too. Hmm. That is, that, that made me stop in my tracks. Again, you know, we've been talking about the main theme for this one is intentionality, yep. but I've never heard of anyone talk about their true value and their serving value. Mm -hmm. 
He even goes on to talk about the leveraging value. Yes. If you if like you really pay close attention, so he he's very clear on the lines that cut out between true value, service value, leverage value. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that many of us as creative entrepreneurs trying to build brands and businesses in this digital era are are as intentional or as clear about what those things are for us. So just because Yeah, there is a societal pressure to give back to people who look like us to make sure that no one comes up and says, "Yo, you think you're big time or you don't even you don't even give back to the community you're just taking from them because of how much you charge." So there's a pressure that comes up about and you're like, "Ah, man, all right, fine. Let me cut let me slash my prices. Like I don't want people to think that I'm I'm out to to get them." But then when other opportunities are presented to you, that are willing to pay your true worth, you probably quote them the wrong price because you're treating everyone the same. Mm-hmm. Or you're not better yet, because I don't want to say we should switch prices based on who we're dealing with, but you're just not mindful of, oh, I discounted my price because I'm dealing with a specific almost community that I want to serve, I want to bless, I want to work with them differently. But let me not take that approach to deal with people in business who who are working off of value for value or true value for true value. So I, I just love how intentional he was about defining the different types of it and is is almost accepting of the fact that, hey, some people who I want to help, I'm at a level where they can't even afford what I what I have, but I'm also still putting enough free things out there so that if you really wanted to, you can learn quite a bit before you even have to make that large sum investment. I just want to appreciate uh, 19 Keys for these high level conversation. The podcast right. name literally uh, speaks It on lives what up he to the puts up. Yeah, now. Nah. Uh, mm-hmm. So shout out to 19 Keys on that one. Um, but of course, this one hits home, right? Because I feel that because we discount services like our price for services whether it is to try to be one up on the on the competition or either because we are not we don't feel like they could afford it like it makes you it makes you really question your worth and it, mm-hmm. and it creates frustration because when you do have your conversations of like oh I'm so much I'm I'm worth so much more right and you get frustrated with yourself because the what you're charging and what you're worth never really adds up right and then you do uh up your price and then you're still not there with it right because mm-hmm. i think in that conversation like little literally a little bit before then he was like yeah i'm i'm, I'm worth the billy mm-hmm. right yep. you can't make somebody like you can right but who can afford a billy is 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 slim to none now right is it's very is low compared to you know well if i did it at this price i did it at this price i could get more of a scale and sometimes even from when we're thinking about some marketing uh 
points, they do tell you to like half your price of what it's honestly worth for scalability, for yeah. more people to get it, right? So you're discounting something that you probably spend, I don't know, countless of hours on. It's probably worth well over thousands of dollars based off the information you're doing, based off the work you're doing, the labor, all that. And you have to sell it for $20. You have to sell it for $100, $500. And it's like, even, even like, even those marketing schemes will make you question your value. Mm-hmm. And I love what he said about the leveraging. Right? I love it's like I say no to a lot of things, but I if I could leverage it, I'll do it. I'll say no, or I have to understand there's some type of leverage that both of us can it's a mutual situation now. Now it's deeper than money. Because what what you wanted to pay me is definitely not my worth. But I see true value in us working together where I can, can service you, you can service me, but there's a greater cause to it. There's something of a deeper meaning or it gets me to rooms or levels that I wasn't necessarily on. And that alone can equal up to the value of what I am in, in, in general. So yeah, that is that is a different type of game, which some people know what to do with. Some people don't because yeah. it's a survival mode for for some. It's more on, you know, I got bills to pay. Like, I got to get this. I got to stand with this status. I got to do this. I got to do that. And once again, those leverage things, those equity moves, these are long game situations. This is not a short, like everything that we're going over is something that is worth way more down the line. And yeah. it's, and if we can wrap our heads with, okay, if I'm in the service-based situation, this is why I don't want to be in service-based. This is why I don't. Because it's like, I will, I got frustrated. First off, servicing you in a particular way doesn't make sense to me because of how much you want to pay for it. Now, Mm -hmm. even when we create elite pricing, it's still like, no, it's not worth it compared to me stopping from my, like, it stops me from my creativity. Yeah. Right? And so I'm like, I can't stop my creativity anymore. It could possibly be different later, right? It could be something that, you know, once I've reached a certain level, boom, I could go back and here we go, right? But I think, and I'm speaking for me, the teaching part has given me a sense of service that I do. And the the mutualism is impact. Mm. It's not money. 
anything like that. It's impact. To get DMs that's like, yo, I listened to your live and I did something you said and the the chick started crying. I'm not going to say her name. Started crying like, yo, a stranger said I needed that. Like off of my posts, a stranger said they needed what I said and what you've done all your life, all the programs, like it changed my life. That is mutualism. That right there is like, okay, I will teach all day, every day, put out these programs all day, every day in order to change somebody's life like that, to make them feel that they can do something now and that their words are powerful. That's mutual for me. Right. Yeah, that's good. And yeah. I can't put, for me to really do that, I can't put a dollar amount to it, but the people that execute on it and change their brand, change their content, that's that's the mutualism. So you have to understand that what, how am I leveraging maybe this low cost situation? Because- it's going to be, it's not going to be never, but it's going to be rare for somebody who identifies what they're really worth and somebody uh, pay that in some way, shape or form. But they can pour into you somehow, some way for that same amount. Mm -hmm. And that we have to look at it from a mature way of okay, this makes sense and this is worth it. Instead of trying to get every single dollar and be like, nah, I'm worth um, team amount. You got to pay me this. Okay, that's cute. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I've, I've, I've kind of, well, not kind of. My philosophy around it now is that there, there are multiple ways to collect currency. Mm-hmm. And and cash is not the only one, right? Like mm -hmm. some believe like, hey, my currency is going to be, uh, say, deposits in heaven. I don't know. Like it, I believe that. Like for real, that's that's kind of my mentality with it. Like, yo, I'll take that deposit. The currency is different. It's just not cash. I, matter of fact, I, I want that one more than the cash right now. Right. You know, so it, it, it's, it's also just a, a reminder of like, Whatever your currency is and, and you're good with it, cool. But just be intentional about where you draw the line because that is where some of these Diddy situations might come and happen to you. And you're like, wait a minute. Yep. How was I getting paid $10, but you just made $10 million? Okay, I, using, using my stuff. That, right. Okay, I'm confused. Right. Uh, time out. <laughs> Let me process this a little bit differently. So just whatever your currency is, whatever your currency of choice no problem, own it. But the lesson here is know where you draw the line so that you don't regret something down the, further down your journey because you were playing small ball and someone was balling out in the league. It's like, oh, two different levels and you missed the point because of it. Facts. So this last clip, uh, found very interesting. Once again, shout out to EYL. We're going to say it every week. 
Seriously. Every week. Say every week, right? They're good. They, they've got like three in a row now, three no, weekly features or something like that. No, this is yeah. a fact, right? <laughs> but like I keep saying, they have amazing interviews, um, especially with this uh, Assets Over Liabilities uh, series on Revolt, right? Um, they interviewed Dame Dash again, right? This is the second time. Way better uh, look of things because they're in the studio <laughs> and everything. But uh, he says something interesting about uh, dreams and a funeral. So let's let's talk about it. So my dreams evolved. It's like a club. Once I've been in club dream and it dies, which means it's a funeral because it became a reality, which is the best funeral is when your dream dies because it really happened. Then I got to go thinking about something bigger to do. Pause. You know what I'm saying? Because I'll get bored. I'm just never complacent. And there's always something to fight for. That's that that to me was like a life analogy. You know, it's like for some of us who get a high off of pursuing a dream, the achievement of a dream can sometimes feel, and I've said it before, not as satisfying as you accept it or expect it. And it's, it's, it's weird. It's like, what, what's happening? Well, yeah, I guess funerals are meant to be a little bit sad. So it's okay, but it's a good kind of sad. You accomplish something. So it's like the passing of one stage of this was something that I just had in my mind at one point. It was an idea. It was a thought. And now it's, it's, it's entered a new phase. It's like your, your baby went from just crawling everywhere to now moving out the house. Like they went to college. It's a different era. It's a different phase. There's, there's a sadness that comes to it, but it's, there's a graduation that, that's also happening at the same time. So I just never thought of it that way. I'm, I'm, I know I spoke to the experience of feeling that achievement, but loss simultaneously, but him putting it that way of it's a funeral to the dream because you accomplished it was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. I, I love how, how that was put. Yeah, I, I never thought about, you know, a, a dream dying. Like you just think mm -hmm. about it being accomplished Right. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I do I do agree that some people can stay uh, complacent and like just stay there like, yo, I accomplished my dreams. OK, do you have more? Like it, it's a wrap, like it's done. So why are we still talking about it? Like kill it like it's done. So. Yeah. But it's it's rare because you know we we can stay in the celebration mode a little bit much and and I think that goes to why I don't necessarily like labeling things as goals either, right? Like because not saying I don't have goals, I just don't label them that because I feel like once you accomplish them, then then what? Then you're like done, you know. Um, you could say, yo, I'm going to get uh, this amount, this amount of money. Okay. You did. You're good, right? Yeah, that's all I dreamt of. That's all I wanted. That's my goal. Okay. There's no, there's more. You limit yourself. So if you yeah. don't 
if you don't kill the dream, if you don't bury it, right, there's nothing that will grow from it. There's nothing that will be, there's not any more dreams that will be born because you're still living with something that is already done. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how many dreams do we have to bury now? Now that we understand that, it's like how many, because maybe this is why we aren't to the next level because we're so stuck on the ones that we've been doing. Like, okay, yeah, got, got the house, check, cool. You don't want a big one? Got the car, paid off, cool. You don't want another car? You don't think you're going to get two cars? You think you're just a one-car person, right? Now, granted, the, the, the significant other... Yeah, I don't think you need to go more than that. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right, right. I don't think. I don't Two think cars apiece. Right, right. Well, there's, there's some people. I don't judge. So, however you go about your life, you go about your life, right? But um, there's certain things you say. This, this is on my goal. This is on my um, vision board. This is here. Cool. Now what? Bury it. So other things can be born. And I just never thought about dreams like that. I just always was like, dreams are so dope, right? Like, but how, how he puts it, uh, my question to, to the listeners and the viewers is what dream do you have to bury, uh, this week? Okay. What Mm. dreams do you have to bury? What's some old dreams that you're just still holding on to? That you're like, I accomplished this. This that was that was all I wanted in life. Oh, cool, like you that. did it. So, uh, my audio listeners, our viewers, uh, just let us know on our social media, whether Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, however you want it. Let us know what dreams or dream are you burying. You feel me? Cool. And of course, uh, once again, shout out to Ecamm because the uh, air horns and the clips and all that great stuff is uh, all because of Ecamm Live. Okay, so if you want to try out Ecamm Live for 14 days for free, nickyandmoose.com slash Ecamm, E-C-A-M-M, two M's. Okay, so www. I hate saying the W's. W's. Three W's. Dot nikkimoose. slash ecam. But uh, moose. Final words. Yeah, I came across something this week, and I'm I'm gonna paraphrase it a little bit just so it can fit the context of how I want to deliver it. But uh, it pretty much went along the lines of a man with experience can learn nothing from a man with an opinion. A man with experience can learn nothing from a man with an opinion. So for those of us who are often almost pulled off track from what we're after because of what people are saying about what we're doing, as long as you're gaining experience, you have nothing to worry about because that person with opinion can teach you nothing.